Welcome to this episode of the Down the Pub Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Abbott, and this is the review of the Pacific Halifax Wanderers game that happened uh, last weekend. My partner in crime, Gary Griffiths, uh, couldn't be bothered, I guess, to uh, hang out and talk football this week. No, uh, Gary's chasing the Yankee dollar, so um, he's he's got work, so it's just me and my own, so I hope you don't mind the ramblings of a crazy Irish person, and also I'll try and give some of my thoughts on the game here. So, like, you know, Gary normally gives his hot takes, mine will be more lukewarm observations so uh starting off um i guess um this is our first jim rallyless uh game so the, the the squad that stephen hart went with we got to see akeem coming in for his first start of the season kept cory bent uh salter kind of salter kind of felt like he was almost playing like as a like a co-striker i don't think he played as much as a winger as what he's done in the last couple of games so i i think that suited him a little bit better um and then he went again with uh lamoth rampersad and Jeremy Gagnon Lapare in the, the middle. Uh, we saw Peter coming in because I think um, Restrepo had a bit of a knock from the game on the against Ottawa. Um, and then we also had Tabby uh, Fernandez as our winger wing backs and Christian Oxner starting goal. So overall, I th- I thought the system that Stephen tends to put out suited this game more than the other two that we played. Pacific are a much much better team than what uh, Atletico Ottawa are and York. That's not me being mean, it's just, it's just kind of a fact. So I think uh, the system that we had was set up to contain Bustos and Aparicio. And, and I think for the most part, uh, we managed to do that. I think that our, once again, our press was really good. Um, we They didn't really get a chance to like break away. And um, I, I thought that they were kind of stuck with just kind of playing along the back and stuff like that. The issue is, again, is that... We, we offer nothing going forward. Corey Ben scored probably one of the best goals in Wanderers history. It was a beautiful free kick. But that was pretty much it. That's That was all that we had, really. There wasn't really much that happened in the game. I thought, it's like, you know, last season, Akeem came in for a lot of stick. Some of it for me, too. He, he looks a lot fitter this year. Um, but I just feel so bad from with the fact that he doesn't receive any service whatsoever. It's, you know, like there was a couple of times when we, the only option that we had was to, um, for Peter to play a long ball and, and kind of hit and hope route one stuff. Same as Santos, I think he had one or two where he kind of hit the ball long. And like, I don't think, I don't think Akeem's ever going to score that way. Um, I also felt that uh, Rampersad, who normally has been playing as a six in the first two games, was almost playing like an eight. Um, I, I talked to Gary a little bit about it and Gary said he was playing as a six ball I think he was a lot more he played a lot more advanced and I, I think what that then created was like a few like little gaps between the uh, central defenders and uh, the midfield and it's basically I think how the goal came around then for uh, Pacific because if you watch back on the on the, the goal um, Jeremy is the one I think that, that goes to tackle Haynes who's on the who's on the wing 
and then when he plays the ball inside, Rampersat goes to attack that person. So they bypass him and pass it to Aparicio. So that's why Manny had so much space in behind there because Rampersat and JGL had kind of pushed on to uh, try and close down um, Pacific's uh, attack. Uh, that left Lamoth, who tried to chase after and sort of rampy after uh, Manny Aparicio, and he laid the ball off to Diaz and then Diaz crossed in. But if you also watch the goal back, um, Lamoth uh, kind of stopped. Like him and Rampersat just stopped and didn't track the run of uh, Aparicio into the box. I think they felt like Manny had done whatever he was going to do and they just kind of left at that and hoped nothing was going to happen. Um, a lot of people, I'm sure Eric Santos could have done way better with the uh, with trying to close down Diaz. Like he, it wasn't a very good attempt and Oxner was kind of a little bit all over the place, like trying to come out and, and claim the ball. But I, I think the fault on that one definitely lies with the midfielders allowing the run in the first place um, from from Manny and not tracking back. Um, and it kind of gave him a pretty easy header. Um, as I said, like we came back into the game, scored scored a free kick, and for the most part, after it was kind of like a stalemate. I, I think that it was kind of just it was almost like a chess game. Um, but the one thing that kind of stands out to me is that. Again, and I kind of mentioned this in the last episode, is that I really don't think this Lamotte, uh, Rampersat, JGL trio works. And it, it reminds me so much of the Island Games when we had Sissoko, Rampersat, and uh, Louis Boyan, Boyan Goyet. It just didn't work because the three players are so similar. They're just trying to op- occupy the same spaces. And I think maybe that's why Rampersat is kind of pushing on a little bit to try and make that almost play as try and play as an attacking midfielder like and i think jeremy like played it a little bit forward too because there was nobody like kind of just sitting in behind the the forwards to try and be that kind of transitional player uh, between midfield and the forward line and i just think that it was just such a stalemate and we just we don't have enough on the wings like watching the valor game how much i would love this team to have an akio or a Bustos or an Abzi or, or Max Ferrari, somebody like that, that does a game changer that can take a player on and kind of create something. And I just, I just don't think that we have that type of player. And I think it's just kind of leaving us look, looking very kind of flat. One, uh, once again, I think uh, Zach Fernandez had a very solid game. Um, he is probably the standout player for the Wanderers so far this season. We kind of mentioned uh, on the last episode with Gary that, um, Tabby was kind of singled out a little bit by Atletico Wadawa and I feel it was kind of the same in this one and I don't think that's anything against him I just think that he's obviously probably the least experienced of the back line so they're obviously going to try and target him um, but I think overall he had a really good game At times like he kind of got caught a little bit in possession and stuff like that but like I think we all have to be a little bit patient and just realise He's still a kid. He's like it's fourth season as a pro, and you kind of just have to. And he's been pretty much thrown into the deep end because like he was heralded as our um, fix for our left back <laughs> situation, and it's it's a lot of pressure to uh, to put on somebody's shoulders and just say, hey, you're the solution to uh, all these issues we've been having for like the last uh, the last season and a bit. So um, I, I think he's, he's a pretty decent player. But looking back at the the penalty, I know in the commentary. The commentator said that he 
uh, followed through or, or some nonsense like that. So first of all, I want to say it wasn't a penalty. Uh, he clearly got the ball, but I just think that from the position the referee was in, maybe he didn't see the touch. Or I, I really don't know, but it definitely wasn't a penalty. But once again, it's another one of those that you have to track it back to see it's it's just a series of things that happen that create the situation in the first place. And I really think that um, Tab- Tabby was kind of left very isolated against probably the best player in, in the league. So uh, same thing again. Jeremy tried to play a ball on the right wing down the line, got cut out, um, kind of made his way down the line and then it got centred into um, Diaz again. And I think, uh, I, I think it was Mo Omar kind of sat off him like didn't like I think with a in that position in that situation you want somebody to kind of come hammering in and take the ball and all that kind of stuff and he kind of sat off him um and once again like he's in his first season as a pro too and it's very I don't think any of us will ever appreciate how difficult it is to make a st- to step up from like college football or you know semi-pro football to professional football like like these guys like are like fit and they're also like clever um, and I just think that like, giving somebody like Diaz that second in a space um, to, to make the pass out to Bustos kind of created a lot of this and it kind of left Tabby isolated for Tabby um, one of the first things you're taught about when you play football is don't dive in and when, especially when you're playing a player like Marco Bustos Marco Bustos wants you to dive in so he can just nick a pass you and get that that yard on you which is basically what happened so Tabby dove in Bustos took it around them. Um, Santos, I, I think, should have come across a lot quicker to try and cut out the danger. And then Tabby, with the inexperience, I think, like, you know, and he got the ball. Don't get me wrong. He did get the ball. But it's just like, don't make the, don't let the referee make that decision. Because when you're playing away from home in the Starley Stadium or wherever it is, like, the, the home team are generally going to get the, the best of those decisions. And I think you kind of give the referee the license to make a call like that when we really, it really shouldn't have got to that in the, in the first place. I think there was just a little catalogue of things that happened. And it was really disappointing because I think that we were, just before that, Pacific were kind of twisting the screw a little bit. Uh, Peter Shala had a big block on on somebody in the box and, and things like that. And I think we deserved, we definitely deserved a draw. I don't think that Pacific played particularly well. As I said, I think that we really contained them well and it was all set up for a fantastic point on the road. And I think getting a point away at Pacific after the arduous journey that Halifax has to do to get out there would have been a really good result I think it would have been an even better result than the one we got against York I think that like the, a point at the champions um, considering how far of a journey it is would have been a fantastic result and well deserved I think you know on the show where I can I can be kind of critical of, of Stephen sometimes and um, I think in these games like he, he generally gets the the setup right and I think we did it was a really well set up to get the point on the road, but the same frailties are always there that we just do not create anything going forward. Like I, I, I like you know, if you look back at the the highlights of the game, yeah, you can always tell there's a game of very few chances when the highlights are like a cross or the keeper catching the ball or something like that. And the save of the game was actually Oxner doing some punch or something so it's it's usually a bad sign of like where, where a game is and I, I i just think that um we frustrated pacific quite a lot and for the most part like as i said like uh i, th- I thought bustos was kept 
incredibly quiet for the most part like it was only like the kind of last little bit when he kind of started coming into the game so yeah um you, you know I, I i really think that it's going to be good for us to get back home we were back home this saturday against edmonton i definitely think that's going to be kind of a real sign of where we are because like it, i think playing away from home Stephen has a, a set system that he tends to play um because a point away from home is better than nothing kind of thing so i think uh, whatever you kind of think is steven's way of looking at the game uh, i get where it comes from so i think the real test is going to be how we do and the fact that we're playing edmonton first at home um i, th- I think there's a lot of expectation that we're going to do really well and score some goals and i think it's a lot of pressure now on the team because this is what we're expecting, you know, and like you've had your three games away from home. We're giving you everybody the benefit of the doubt. Almost got a good point against specific, but coming up against a lackluster Edmonton team, like they did well, like for their, their two home games, but then four just blew them away on the weekend. And I think that's this kind of sign of where they are. Um, and I, I feel like we should be um, in the same in the same situation uh, playing them uh, at home and I think if there's any time for the Wanderers to let loose and score a bunch of goals it's that game against Edmonton but I hate being you know a lot of people are kind of making fun of me for being like a grumpy old man and all that kind of stuff and Gary being like uh, Mr. Optimistic but I, I think sometimes you kind of have to at the same time set your expectations right because if you I don't want to be disappointed on the weekend so I'm kind of I'm really hoping that we get like a big victory, like a a two nil a two nil lead by half time would be nice. That we can kind of enjoy the day because it's supposed to be a little bit rainy, a little bit kind of shitty. Um, but it's our first time back in the grounds, um, without protocols and all that kind of stuff. So it's gonna feel like a proper home game again. Um, and and the fact that uh that that Edmonton in town like the on paper probably the worst team in the league. Um, it really bodes well i hope <laughs> for a decent result but I, I just i don't see where the goals are coming from i i just like you know i'm really hoping that aiden daniels is back because a lot is going to rest on him stepping into joe morelli's shoes I, I don't expect him to go on and score as many goals as joe because i don't know if that's his game but he's definitely a person who can create something and, and I, I definitely think that we we need that spark and i think um, I just, I just don't think this Lamoth Rampersat JGL thing works very well. I just think that they're basically all trying to play the same position because that's the positions they play, and they're just tripping over each other. And it's like it's there's just it's not giving as many outlets um uh, going forward. As I mentioned, I just thought that we were kind of like trying to play long balls an awful lot from the back. Um, I know Peter. <laughs> Peter likes us to do his Beckenbauer thing and play like a, a 50, 60 yard ball, which is great. But, you know, when you've got Corey Benton and Akeem Garcia, who aren't the tallest people in the world, it's kind of difficult sometimes to uh, to, to kind of play those balls in, in behind and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be definitely going to be interesting. Um, I'm excited. I'm nervous. I really hope that the crowd gets in behind the team and I, I like as we always do but i really hope that we kind of bring the noise and um we all kind of like um make sure that the, the boys know we're behind them um because it, it's been tough like i mean like a, like three games away from home it's not easy um and we saw that like calvary like our 
uh, struggling too so um it's it's not easy um but i really think that we, we need to bring somebody in uh, to replace like joe because i don't think that what we have right now is going to set is going to be able to score the goals that i think we need to trouble the top teams in this in this league because it's it's kind of boring to watch and i know like we all kind of hope that dorado is going to come in and change things around but it's it's very it's very difficult when you're not the main man like i mean how many how many teams you think of where you're kind of expecting your assistant coach (laughs) to be the one to make the changes or be the one who did, dictates the way that we play. Like this is Steven's team. Steven's still the head man. So at the end of the day, like it's I don't think anything's gonna like we all we've had. This is season four of Stephen Hart football, um, and I, I I think that we're very expecting fireworks. I don't know if we're gonna get them. <laughs> so so yeah, uh, it's kind of difficult doing this like without having somebody to kind of bounce off and. Uh, tell you whether you're talking shit or not so um, I'm not going to do this as a very long podcast uh, just because um, I'm on my own and I feel like I don't know what I'm talking about so <laughs> which is probably true um, in terms of man the match um, I know that uh, Mr. Rampasat made the, uh, the the Gatorade team of the week which is surprising because I actually think this was over the three games he's played I think this wasn't the better of the three games he played, um, I, I think that he, because um, he he didn't like I I really like him in that six role that we kind of talked about before, and I, I he was kind of a six and then he was an eight and then sometimes he was almost like a ten, so it was it was it was a, it was kind of weird. I like it was, yeah. I I I think actually uh, I think I think Jeremy probably would take my man the match. I think he had a, a pretty solid game again and uh, his. His pass, his passing is incredible. Like he's, he rarely makes um, mistakes. I know that I kind of mentioned that he played that ball in behind in the lead up to the goal that like that that got cut out, and it just kind of felt like it was a kind of tired pass, and um, when it probably would have been easier for him just to knock the ball inside to Rampersack because Ramper was right beside him. But um, you know, eighty minutes the game, you pretty much played most of the games that we've start uh, that we've we've had already so just tired tired legs tired minds kind of do things like that but um yeah it's going to definitely going to be interested uh, i'm looking forward to our happy hour half hour um I, I don't know how how that how that happens how you advertise something as a happy hour but it becomes a happy half hour um, and I'm also looking forward to seeing the changes that they've made to the grounds um i usually start step in behind the the the, the the patio but they've kind of put some new wooden structure there too so it's going to be interesting to see how all that kind of fits in i like to kind of be behind the goal and see what's happening and things like that so um yeah so uh let me know what you uh what you think um am i full of shit am i an idiot <laughs> uh don't go too hard on me because it's uh, it's kind of nerve-wracking doing this stuff on your own because normally i have a guest or normally i have somebody to bounce off so i'm um, just trying to I uh, give my thoughts um on what was overall I think a pretty decent performance uh, away on the road to um after probably a 12 12 or 18 hour uh trek out there so um yeah and also kudos to um to Denton for uh, representing us out there by traveling all the way out and wearing his pirate hat the whole way and also 
Uh, watch out for the latest episode or latest edition of the cookbook, which should be on sale at the uh, the grounds. It's um, Canada's first fanzine uh, in the CPL, um, and it's a really good read. And then puts a lot of time, effort, and love into that um, cookbook. And it's definitely worth picking up when you're at the um, the game on Saturday. So yeah, best of luck. Um, hopefully see you all at the game. Uh, come on, you Wanderers. Yeah.